When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Wednesday night. You know what that means. That means you're logged on to WrestlingInc.com across any one of the wonderful platforms in this podcast world to check out the post-AE Dynamite, AEW Dynamite podcast with myself, Justin LaBar, coming to you from Pittsburgh, PA, up north in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. He is the one of the only Jimmy Corderas. There he is. Hollywood there Squares. Hollywood Squares <laughs> where he needs to be. And down in Puerto Rico, she is the Demon Diva. Issa, boys and girls, how are we doing tonight? Issa, how are you? Um, I'm good. <laughs> I have an EW hangover. Not my favorite episode, but we'll get into it. A lot to talk about. Some good, some bad, uh, mm-hmm. some otherwise. Uh, Jimmy, how is Canada today? Yeah, with this crazy weather, it's up and down. It's all over the map. Uh, it's hard to get, d- decide whether you're going to wear a thicker coat going outside, a, a, a hoodie, you know, j- or just a, always carry an umbrella, though, because you never know. <laughs> you never know what could be falling yeah. from the sky. Right. It's 81 oh. degrees here. Can't relate. Oh, oh. shut up. <laughs> rub, it in, rub it in, why don't you? <laughs> 80, 81 degrees. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, while she's uh she's enjoying the nice weather as, as we're all actually actually here in Pittsburgh wasn't too bad today. It's pretty 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 nice. Just a lot of leaves falling. Uh, it's been nice oh. this week. Little, little rain today made some more leaves come, but it's been it's been warm otherwise this week. But that's enough for your weather report. Uh, don't forget if you got a super chat and want to make sure you're uh, a fourth co-host for a moment, you can do the super chat. We will get to it when uh, the time comes based on the topic. Uh, if you just want to take part in the live chat, as many people are doing now, 
good on you. Enjoy it. And, of course, all of you, uh, whether you're watching, whether you're listening, whatever the case may be, we appreciate it. Like, subscribe, uh, comment if you can, no matter what uh, platform you are checking us out on. It really helps out. We love the feedback. We love love all the support. And, of course, as always, tweet um, any one of us or all of us. Let us know where in the world you are when you are listening or watching this podcast. Uh, what are you doing? What, what are you blowing off? What are you procrastinating uh, when you're checking out all three of us here on a Wednesday night or maybe on a Thursday morning? That being said, let's talk about some fun news. Well, either this first one's kind of, I guess, a fun news. <laughs> news item uh vince mcmahon of course the uh, legendary uh former uh boss of wwe of course he had his uh, resignation july 22nd amidst a lot of controversy which we talked about extensively so we don't need to rehash it all but he's been uh out of the picture since july 22nd but he is not hurting for moolah this is a fun one here brandon thurston of wrestlenomics tweeted earlier on wednesday that since mcmahon's resignation on july 22nd his equity in WWE, which is 28.7 uh, million shares of their stock. His equity in WWE went from being worth $1.89 billion on July 22nd to, as of today, Wednesday, $2.27 billion. If you want to do the simple math, that's an increase of $367 million <laughs> since July 22nd. Um <laughs> Again, it's a fun story because you know, we're all wondering. You know, we're we're celebrating Triple H and, and you know new creative regime and new fun. Uh, but Issa, uh, he might the old man might have left amid some controversy and 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 scandal and having to pay twelve and a half million dollars allegedly to women over a sixteen year period. But he's not hurting for uh, for any cash these days still. I don't think he ever was. And yeah. the better that the product gets, the the more money in his pocket. No matter whether we like him or not, right? Like that's just that's just the nature of the business. And um, I'm happy that wrestling is thriving right now, regardless of who gets to 300% increase their worth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a good thing for us when wrestling is thriving. So you love to see it in a way. Mm -hmm. Jimmy, uh, how's your portfolio been uh, since July 22nd? 367 million increase? Yeah, I wish, I wish. Uh, uh, I haven't been to the gym as much as Vince McMahon, and I'm definitely not making as much money as him right now. So, But, you know, it's it, it's funny that people would get upset at this. I mean, like, even if this thing didn't happen, he was still going to make this money anyways because this is this is a completely separate issue from from the, the, the allegations that are out there. So, you know, uh, and, and like Issa said, if the product itself is benefiting from this, especially for us who are wrestling fans and, and want to see the product, not just WWE, but all wrestling products thrive and do well, then I don't have an issue with it. You know, that's his private life. That's, you know, his business, whatever goes on, goes on. And, uh, you know, uh, as long as, like we said, the, uh, the, the, the product seems to move forward, continue to move forward. You know, whoever profits off it, profits off it. That's that's just business. There's there's a lot of billionaires out there that people do not like personally, but you can't blame them. Well, nobody can say that. Nobody can. You can not like Vince for a lot of reasons. So see, there's no shortage of reasons to not like him. But nobody can say this. You can't say that he did not earn his money by with with with, with that. We you, know, you can't say that he had no work ethic uh, mm -hmm. because all the guy did uh mostly yeah. so um it is interesting though i mean you know 40 are 40 years in charge uh but it, it is to note while he is not no while he's no longer you know in day-to-day -day power or anything he is still the majority owner with uh you know with, with the with the most you know stock uh with the most hold on stock so i mean mm -hmm. he's i mean so so you know what we're saying he still financially is 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 
resulting because uh, you know WWE stock is doing very well. I mean, I think currently, um, I think seventy nine dollars per share, and and it's over. It's outperforming what uh, analysts thought it would be, especially outperforming when with Vince stepping down so suddenly from day to day operations. So I mean, yeah, he's 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 reaping still financial benefit. Um, <laughs> and again, he he certainly put the work in to get himself in this position. So, uh, yeah. but a fun a fun story nonetheless. Obviously, as Vince as, yeah. as news about Vince has kind of quieted down. Uh, as of late, uh, his son-in-law Triple H, of course, is uh, running the show now, day to day, in charge of all the creative aspects. And we got some news here. Uh, it looks like, according to a report from Give Me Sport, that uh, Hell in a Cell no longer going to be an annual premium live event, uh, formerly known as pay-per-views. Uh, that started back in 2009. It's been going on since. And uh, Jimmy, this is one you, you obviously have firsthand Hell in a Cell experience. Mm-hmm. This has been one where, you know, the first time it happened, it's like, okay, we get to see a Hell in a Cell match. And then quickly after a couple of years, it, to me at least, it seemed like, okay, this is a forced situation. And now we got to throw a match or matches into a Hell in a Cell, even if the feud or story didn't warrant such. No, exactly right. Uh, look, I, I get it. Every there are pay per views out there, like Royal Rumble, for example, named after the 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 match. You know, Survivor Series. Those have a, a theme to it. This was a match that was created to be a special match. A you know, obviously involving the Undertaker. Uh, you know, that's how it started. But at the same time, these matches were set to be few and far between. And like you said, the culmination of a very, very hot, impactful rivalry feud. And when you, like you said, when you have it as an annual event, then you have to start looking for matches to place in a Hell in a Cell match. And then you start saying, oh, since the pay-per-view is themed Hell in a Cell, do we have two matches? Do we have a men's and a women's match? Do we, you know, now you're starting to try and overthink it. I think it's a good idea. Take the name away from that pay-per-view or PLE or premium live event. See, up in Canada, we still have the network. So, we, you know, it's a pay-per-view. Well, you're but, allowed. Uh, to, so, you, so you're allowed to call it pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a Canadian thing, eh? So, uh, no, I, I'm good with them taking away the name. Do they take away the event for that month? Probably not. You could just rename it something else. Yeah, you saw uh, Hell in a Cell no longer being uh, an annual thing you have to do. Um, are you are you okay with that going away? I am. I'm excited to see when we actually see Hell in a Cell matches, and now they're, they'll probably be more meaningful. We can see them at WrestleMania, SummerSlam, at, at any time because the feud requires it and not because we have to make it happen. It's not an obligatory thing, and Hell in a Cell can go back to what it originally was supposed to be. Uh, also to note, too, as we're talking about premium live events going away, it looks like day one. Uh, which uh, we started recently seeing when they, that they were doing New Year's Day, that's going to go away. Um, so, you know, it seems like he's certainly, from a creative standpoint, trying to maybe push aside, he being Triple H, maybe some of the inconvenient and unnecessary events. Mm-hmm. The day one thing kind of baffled me. Last year, it worked out that um, New Year's Day was on, I think a, it was on a weekend. So that worked mm-hmm. out. But I, I, I wondered then, well, what's going to happen when New Year's Day falls on? a Tuesday are we gonna you know mm. are we gonna have a Tuesday for you know so uh, yeah. also you know it's the holidays the Christmas I mean I, I know they still have been in this habit of doing like an MSG show right after Christmas and this and that but it's like mm. you know, again you have the rumble just weeks after do you we really need to have one more TV that we need to you know like let the talent stay home and get a few days at home with the family if mm-hmm. possible um mm-hmm. just my my thoughts here uh so some, yeah, I mean <laughs> it just seemed like you know why yeah. Why don't we add more stuff? 
Um, plus, you know, you're also dealing with again New Year's Day. You end up dealing with like college football. You just, mm-hmm. just a lot yeah. of other things. You don't. Yeah. Let those mm-hmm. things have their space. You've got your own spaces. Right. All right. So that's it in the WWE world. Let's uh, hop over to AEW now from here on out. Um, now, it was reported in the last couple of weeks by uh, Fightful Select, uh, who has a great track record here. I want to just point that out, that the Kingdoms, Maria Canellas, Mike Bennett, and Matt Taven uh, had, in fact, uh, they, you know, they were done with Impact. They had, in fact, signed multi-year contracts with AEW. However, uh, as of about four... Okay, so that was what was thought earlier. Than later, then later we had a uh, counter from Wrestling Inc. that was able to say that the, that the trio had had been offered the deals, but they had not signed them. We can sense update that since that happened uh, just a few hours ago, that now Taven, Maria, and mm-hmm. Mike officially have signed their deals. So kind of just there was some clarity that Wrestling Inc. did get on top and say, "Look, the deals have not been inked." So great job mm-hmm. by Wrestling Inc. to get down to the actual detail of ink had not hit paper, but now can say. Ink has hit paper, which that does make sense with uh, yeah. with what we saw promoted tonight on Dynamite, which we will touch on. So uh, real quick, before we get, you know, we probably won't spend a lot of time on it because it's, it was just kind of a sidebar for what's coming up on Rampage. <clears throat> but uh, Issa, uh, Maria Canellis, Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, uh, any thoughts uh, of this trio and them being uh, signed to AEW now uh, for multi-years? I'm excited for them. It's just um, very hard to be optimistic because this roster is just so full of people that are already getting lost in the shuffle and adding more to it. I'm not sure what that's going to do. Um, but for them and their career-wise, professional-wise, I'm happy for them. I'm not sure that that's going to get them in a very significant spot at the moment. We'll see where it goes. Jimmy? Yeah, it, for them, yes, I, I'm a fan of all of theirs. I think they're all good, great talents and, and good acquisitions. But like Issa said, you have to find space for them in an already overcrowded roster, if, if I may say. And there's a lot of great talent in there. And to utilize them properly, uh, this is a trio that does not belong on one of their YouTube shows or anything like that. They need TV time. And uh, with the limited TV time, again, it's going to be hard to find space for them. And then not only just find space, but try not to cram 20 pounds of potatoes in a 10-pound bag and just get them on TV. Give them a reason to be on TV, you know, a nice, meaningful storyline or, or something. Yeah, you know, every time we see lately a graphic of, you know, this guy or this girl is now all lead, and we go, okay, we start doing that. We start adding, you know, okay, here's one more roster member that's on this very crowded roster. This is, this is a signing that has three people get added uh in, in one fell swoop so uh yeah we'll be interesting we will uh, we'll get back to them here in a little bit once we jump in to dynamite final piece of news another one coming uh, out uh, exclusive coming out of wrestling inc um as noted it looks like you know the elite probably returning uh, soon uh to aew and we kind of got some hints to that tonight uh but cm punk it looks like uh, Wrestling Inc. was told that uh, AEW has not really reached out to CM Punk since the incident following the all-out media scrum, uh, which Punk and his friend and trainer Ace Steel reportedly got into a backstage brawl with the EVPs, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Sources indicate that after the brawl, Punk was asked to stay quiet, and he agreed to do so. From the perspective of Punk's camp, the scrum itself, which became the talk of the wrestling world uh, due to Punk's uh, comments on Cole Cabana, Adam Page, and the Elite, didn't seem like a big deal and only escalated once Punk's locker room door was kicked in. And here's a new piece of information. In the melee, they accidentally hit Punk's dog, Larry, in the face. And apparently at a pre-scheduled veterinarian appointment a few days later for Larry, Punk was informed that two of Larry's teeth had been knocked loose and had to be removed. Um, 
you know, we go, he goes on to talk about Punk feeling like he was threatened. Um, you know, basically, using a law that allows them to feel, you know, use of force is, is in defense is okay if 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 if, if a person in their dwelling is feeling uh, attacked. Um, you know, this is where litigation then starts to, you know, creep up and and internal investigations are happening. But uh, uh, Issa, uh, an added element here: uh, the dog, Larry. <laughs> was it was a was it was it was a victim in this uh, uh alleged brawl that happened can i tell you something i might not care about a lot of things but i draw the line of animal abuse <laughs> unacceptable justice for larry i hope he's okay i did hear that kenny omega the dog whisperer did help larry larry at some point in this backstage brawl that's the story that i choose to believe I feel like this backstage role is like choose your own adventure, whatever story you want to believe. I believe in the story of Kenny Omega saving Larry the dog. So I, I hope Larry's okay. Honestly, that's mm. that's a horrible and probably should not have been put in that situation to begin with. Like we saw Larry get loose earlier on on the night. I don't know if you guys saw these clips running around social media where Larry like ran out onto the crowd and the security had to chase him. It seemed like it seemed like Larry had quite the night. At all out. Yeah, it's, it's quite the stage awareness for to be in a big old arena and Larry to find his way out through the tunnel towards the ring and the people. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy. It's, it's not that big of an arena, you know. <laughs> well, still, just to get from a locker room to just to sniff his way to people. I guess yeah. he, he probably smelt the food. He probably smelt people having concessions. And food there you and go. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jimmy, I, obviously, it's, it's, you know, any animal getting harmed is never a good thing. But I'd have to imagine, I mean, that that, that was just obviously an accident, just a bunch of men. Mm -hmm. fired up in a contained space you don't think anybody tried to hurt the dog but i, I i've heard no. the same story isa has which is that they did stop and try to get the dog out of harm's way so that way they right. resume mm -hmm. their their issues no no and uh i i i believe that i believe that the dog it wasn't an intentional thing obviously it was accident i believe it was obviously accidental but at the same time someone like a punk is very attached to his animals and you, you anybody who's who is a dog person you know, they're very defensive. There you go. Anything even uh, accidental, but in a in a situation like that where there's already a little bit of tension involved, all that did was escalate that tension past the point where it needed to go. It didn't have to go that far, but, you know, the unfortunate circumstance with Larry the dog sent it over the edge, and that's what created this, I think, maybe uh, overreaction, for lack of a better. I don't want to say overreaction because I, I feel bad for the dog, actually. I, I have something to add. As a dog mom, I know how expensive vet deals are. Somebody brought it up in the chat. I guarantee you the pending legal action has to be over this vet bill. Because try taking your dog to an emergency vet, it's going to empty your bank account. Guarantee you that, even if nothing is wrong. Yeah. Fair point. Fair. Um, it's, an it's an interesting, interesting image to picture a billionaire and Tony Khan and a multi-millionaire many times over CM Punk arguing over vet bills. Mm -hmm. They are expensive to the common man and woman, but right. put it in that context, I guess it's just the principle of the point. But that's, <laughs> a, that, that's a fantasy book and I had not done yet. Uh, Corey Pride uh, in the Super Chat says, Punk shouldn't come back. Tony Khan doesn't deserve him. Jimmy, what Ooh. do you make of that? Well, I don't know if Tony Khan doesn't deserve him. Maybe he does deserve him for allowing him... Allowing, uh, for for lack of a better term, I hate using cliches, but you know when it feels like the inmates kind of are running the asylum a little bit, then uh, you you know you get what you deserve, so to speak. But uh, he needs to be more 
yes, I understand he wants to be friends with his talent and there's nothing totally wrong with that. But then again, you are the boss. You have to show them you are in charge and they have to follow some kind of guidelines. Yeah, Issa, what would you say to that? Tony Khan doesn't deserve CM Punk. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know about any of that. I feel like we saw Tony Khan just sit there and let Punk do whatever he wanted. So <laughs> maybe they're meant for each other, honestly. Uh, yeah, I mean, quite frankly, look, uh, Punk's been gone now for, what, it's almost been two months since that whole fiasco went down, right? I mean, I, I don't think, and AEW still is chucking, I mean, they, you know, they have some big stories going on. Uh, it's not like their businesses took a nosedive. Um, you know, all signs point towards them still aiming to get a big TV deal uh, here in the next few years. Um, if anything, Corey, you can probably flip it and say this might be just the, 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 you know, what Punk certainly brought some value to the wrestling portion of this, but mm-hmm. it seemed like he also brought a lot of drama and a lot of headache, and maybe TK deserves to not have to deal with that drama mm-hmm. uh, and, and do that. So we'll we'll see. Um, but I, I do think, and I said this you know, a while ago, and I think we all agree, or I think we've all in some way said it. I, I would not be surprised if we never see CM Punk again on AEW TV. I think it's probably um, you know, probably where, where things are at now. So, mm-hmm. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump in uh, to Dynamite coming to you from Norfolk, Virginia. We kick it off with a tag team match. Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia of the Jericho Appreciation Society up against Claudio Casanoli and Wheeler Yuta. Uh at one point, Jericho tried to use the bat, but Claudio cuts him off of that. And then Claudio does the big swing on Jericho while holding in a fireman's carry position. Daniel Garcia on his shoulders. Just an incredible showing of strength, which really got the people on their feet. And then that would lead into eventually Claudio hitting the neutralizer and getting the pin on Chris Jericho. Jimmy, uh, we we get a Canadian pin, so let's get a Canadian's uh, opinion to kick <laughs> off here. I did not expect claudio to pin chris jericho in the stack team match no i uh, i i was a little bit surprised by that as well but it was a good big win for the baby faces for both because you look good in this match as well so they both baby faces not only went over they got over and chris jericho is just a master at helping getting guys over uh but if i can be critiquing as a former striped shirt uh wearing sports entertainment slash pro wrestling official there was that moment with the bat just laying there in the ring and uh aubrey just totally ignoring it like just like she couldn't see it something anything even just acknowledge that you see the bat and like what's this doing here something anything and she just completely ignored it and it took 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 the whole thing away from me it just i don't know I did wonder that. I, I wonder, especially because we just saw it recently over on WWE. I wondered, like, is the bat still in the ring because we're trying to pull the old Eddie Guerrero thing where we make mm-hmm. it seem like, hey, I'm on the ground, the weapon's there, he did it. Uh, or was Jericho supposed to get the bat out of the ring and that was just, he just didn't, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I was thinking the exact same, sorry to cut you off, Justin, mm-hmm. but I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm, I'm thinking, is she going to see this and start going to Claudio? Hey, did you use this on yeah. That's and well and then and we'll we'll we'll, we'll re get back to it in a second because Jericho does a promo later and, and a lot of the promo backstage Jericho is complaining and bitching that about the bat being brought in he was blaming Claudio so I mm-hmm. I didn't know if that was something that was supposed to be set up uh, Issa how did this opening tag match stick with you and uh, where where did you stand with Claudio getting the pin on Chris Jericho I didn't like it it feels like the only story that has been consistent in AEW the past few weeks has been this um, Chris Jericho run as 
Ring of Honor champion. So just to see him getting pinned here, uh, I, I personally was not a big fan of it. I was a little thrown off by some of the referees choosing to ignore some of the things that were going on as well. I did think Claudio looked great in this match, uh, but I also felt like he did all the work. <laughs> so I don't know that there was enough Wheeler Yudai there to like give him credit here. It really, which was funny because then he was backstage like, did you see what we did? And I'm like, you didn't do anything. That was all Claudio. <laughs> but anyways, the whole point to that is that I was I was shocked by the fact that Chris Jericho, uh, and, and again, I'm not a big fan of champions being pinned on TV, but everybody's a champion there, so I guess you don't really have an option at some point. But that being said, I, I feel like the one story that we have been consistent with kind of took a turn here with Jericho eating that pin tonight. Uh, well, so Jericho does a backstage uh, interview later, and uh, of course he's complaining, as, as we said, about the bat and, and what have you. Uh, but he also issues an open challenge for next week against any former Ring of Honor world champion and this is kind of interesting because if you then pull up the list of uh who are former ring of honor champions obviously a few you can automatically cross out because they're with wwe uh even guys like a samoa joe who's kind of right now storyline wise in this tag team with wardlow for whatever reason uh you then start to look and so and, and, and go some options just just a few that i will point out uh that are on there of you know you know maybe um, you know, Nigel McGuinness, uh, I believe he is done with any WWE related duties that he's had. So Nigel McGuinness, if, if he still laces up the boots, uh, Matt Taven, who's now, as we know, under contract. Uh, so that would be one if you want to, you know, get your one of your new signings out there front and center uh, against a Chris Jericho, a PCO. We, we've seen we've seen Tony Khan get a little risky and having some random one-off you know maybe performers that have a kind of an underground bu buzz obviously pco uh, in his 50s and reinvented himself uh, with mm -hmm. his gimmick now uh, another one we don't know where he's at last we heard he was nursing uh some health issues but adam cole what a way that would be to reintroduce adam cole on a television if he would be ready <coughs> to go back so just a couple out there uh or and i think i think claudio is a former ring of honor champion so they could if they wanted have to capitalize off of claudio having pinned jericho and put him in a one-on-one -on -one match next week if they wanted to go that route too so just uh yeah, Jericho won the yeah. title from claudio remember yeah so mm -hmm. i mean i don't know uh yeah the seed is definitely planted there and yeah. and again trying to uh, doing the one-off thing it, it'll take away from something else i'm going to talk about later so uh, I'll, I'll i'll bring it back up <laughs> okay fair enough yeah. fair enough all right um <clears throat> So yeah, so we'll wait and see who they who they uh, have for that opponent next week. We get Swerve in our glory versus FTR. Um, you got the uh, Gun Club, their ringside. You got the Acclaim watching at the stage. Uh, a big spot here to watch in this match is Dax suplexes Keith Lee from the top rope. Very impressive show of strength. But finally, uh, the end is going to come when a low blow on Dax happens, and then Keith Lee hits a Death Valley driver, so a win for Swerve and Our Glory. So we will have a rubber match between Swerve and Our Glory and the Acclaimed coming up in the future. Uh, the Acclaimed, I mean, even just, you know, again, surprise appearance by them. Issa, music hit, they're watching on the stage. Next week, we're having the daddy-ass birthday bash, uh, the, the, the scissor AEW shirt, and it's pink. I mean... Uh, these guys are firing on all cylinders right now. Easily one of the top three acts uh, in AEW right now. Yeah, you definitely want to capitalize on the acclaim and how over and popular they are at the moment. However, having them out there really took away from the two teams that you have performing in the ring a big time. Like Nobody was paying attention to this match for a good, I think it was like five minutes of scissor me daddy chance going on while we had a great match you know, going on. And, and, and luckily they got, they got the crowd back 
into it, you know. But yeah, I, you can't blame AEW for wanting to get the acclaim out there as often as they can. I'm not sure if maybe wanting to capitalize on the acclaim helped the booking of this match um, because I don't feel like anybody really got over tonight with the decisions that they made. Uh, Jimmy, do you think it would have been better to wait and have the acclaim come out after the after the match is over? I think so, especially considering you had, uh, uh, you know, the gun boys sitting ringside, you know, and uh, and and just being a distraction there as well. It was too much distraction. And I, going back to that 20 pounds of potatoes and a 10 pound bag, you don't have to do everything all at once at the same time. Like you said, that would have been perfect to have them, the acclaim come out and make the big save to get that huge pop too. Yeah. Uh, with making that big save or, or yeah uh, and and again with it, all these uh, this mis- must be the week of referee distraction finishes it's just again <laughs> uh, i just want to point out the ftr so damn good i mean just tag oh. team it um you know again we do it we, you know, we do it so much right now uh, but I, you know it is one of those things you know obviously ftr under contract with aw but um you know, we saw they were obviously fostered and, and cared for very well in the original NXT when Triple H was just running NXT. They are a treat to have in your tag team division. They are, they are, they are just, the, in my opinion, they are probably the best tag team from a from an X's and O's bell to bell. I'm not saying they're the most flashy or the, or the top box office drawing tag team today on TV and pro wrestling, but I think X's and O's, man, they are, they are they're the best going. So always fun watching them. All right, we get an interview at the top of the stage. Renee brings out MJF, and I know we have some super chats. We'll get to with MJF here. Uh, he does his uh, best John Moxley impersonation, calls him mid, and he promises that on full gear, he's not fighting John Moxley. He's not fighting Penta. He's not fighting any of those. He's fighting every single person who doubted him in his career. And he is uh, going to, and he will also. He's, he's going to. He's, he's not fighting William Regal. He's fighting everybody. He's fighting Regal and everybody collectively who's doubted him. And he said he also promises he will not use the dynamite diamond ring during his match against John Moxley. Uh, he says he cannot wait to just get that heavy chip off of his shoulder and shove it down everybody's throat. Uh, and then after that, Stokely Hathaway comes out and uh, he kind of sarcastic says, "Oh, don't worry, we won't touch Moxley." Wink, wink, hint, hint. And MJF says, if you touch him, I will fire you. He goes, I want Moxley to be at 110% at full gear on November 19th. I don't want any excuses when I beat him and become AEW world champion. Issa, your reaction to another MJF promo and this build to his world title match. Obviously, always my highlight of the show. Love MJF on the mic. I'm never going to have a bad thing to say, probably. The Moxley impersonation was my favorite thing here i actually hated stockley coming out to interrupt him like i i just don't think mjf on the mic should be interrupted obviously played out later on so i'll i'll let it go but yeah i mean it's an excellent promo they keep teasing this face turn and i almost feel like i'm getting worked with a turn that's not gonna happen like i'm very confused i'm I'm all in my emotions about this i don't know what's going on but there was like there was some borderline baby face moments here for mjf Mm -hmm. tonight Mm-hmm. Jimmy, yeah, th- that's what it was. It, it, little hints at it, little almost like little seeds planted at an eventual babyface turn. And it, I know a lot of people are out there. Yeah, but you, how do you make MJF a babyface? You could tell the audience wants to cheer this guy. They don't want to boo him, regardless of what he does. Even there was he didn't really disrespect Renee, but he took a little jab at her, and and, and even that got a little bit of a 
more positive reaction than I expected. You know what I mean? Especially considering that he's supposed to be facing her husband and everybody knows that Renee and, and Mox are, are together. And but he like never met in sorry to talk to Jimmy, but he never said it. He never, yes. he never, you know, he did. He could, if, if they wanted MJF to still be full blown heel, he very easily had the low hanging fruit of, you know, calling her out as the wife and, uh, you know, taking the, you know, uh, how's he? I hope he measures up better in the bedroom than he's gonna. You know, I mean, mm. there was such low hanging fruit. Old MJF could have gone out. I was waiting for it, and he didn't do it. He also didn't yeah. do it to the crowd, which I was very surprised. Right. Exactly, exactly. So, so it's going to be very interesting to see where this leads to on the road. It, they, they've got me interested in at least to see what's going to happen. But, you know, and even with the shots of the crowd, like at one point he he said, "I love you, Virginia," and then he said, "Even though for your shortcomings, it's kind of like." Again, that's nothing as that's nowhere near as bad as things he said in the past. But it's kind of like the crowd wants to be insulted a little bit. That that that, that, that makes that, that makes them cheer now. They're like, oh yes, MJF figured out a jab for us for our local town. It's kind of like a sense of of pride, as as yeah. crazy as that might sound. Mm -hmm. uh, Corey Pride back at it says, "Here's a super chat. Tony Khan doesn't deserve MJF. Well, what does no. Tony Khan deserve, Corey?" Uh, and Corey continues on with, uh, yeah. "Cena should never be a heel. MJF should never be a face." I can't buy that. You know, no. you, you, the, the audience is always right. Mm -hmm. Never say never in this business. That's for sure. You know, and and as far as Cena Amen. being a heel, see, uh, trust me, Cena is smart enough to know how to turn that crowd and make yeah. himself a big time heel. And MJF, you know, you're seeing it now. People don't want to boo him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, and 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 it's no it's no different i mean it's 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 it is challenging but mm -hmm. the logic is no different than in 1997 people they didn't want to boo stone cold steve austin you could try to have him cheat against a wholesome bret hart you could try to have him have an edge you could try to have him you know even i don't care what any of these people think and you know and, and whatever but like people made up their minds they wanted to cheer this guy and so you run with it, but you don't change. You don't need to change. The only difference is Stone Cold Steve Austin. He he didn't initiate. You know, he didn't cheat. The only thing he would do is maybe he'd do a low blow or use a weapon if one was then used on him first, or if you know. It's like there's little things you change of like as a babyface in this situation. But MJF can still be MJF. He's you know, and obviously we'll get to the end of the show tonight where there was a great showing of of how to just alter uh, his 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 baby face behavior in comparison to his heel behavior. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, again, right up there. I said a claim to the top three acts uh, in AEW, certainly in that top three, uh, obviously is MJF. Um, yeah. And on the mic, he's just on a different level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I do want to uh, point out, we mentioned Matt Taven earlier. They did, uh, I think it was somewhere close to this point in the show. Uh, they did uh, talk about how Matt Taven, Maria Canales, and Mike Bennett are there. Uh, they also, you know, they listen to some of the some promo sound bites. We got a little response from Wardlow. We are going to get on Rampage this Friday. Wardlow versus Matt Taven. Now, uh, this is interesting because I, I mean, I don't see Matt Taven beating Wardlow. So interesting choice uh, as Matt Taven. Uh, that ink has not even dried yet on that that paper, Jimmy. Did uh, thoughts yeah. on that? 
I think, again, uh, rushing to something that doesn't need to be rushed to. I, I'm probably going to lead to a tag match uh, because Wardlow is in uh, uh, Warjo. Warjo. Oh, my goodness. And, Warjo. Uh, don't even get me started. Uh, again, we'll, uh, we'll call him Warjo. There you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, and you need the voice uh, definitely to, to, <laughs> to, when you say it you have you can't just say war joe you have to use that that voice uh i, I just you're right uh, going into this match even the audience how does the audience go into this match saying yeah i could see taven maybe sneaking one out here or, or being uh, you know creatively healy getting over no i i just don't see it isa matt taven versus wardlow rampage when I said I want to see Warlow defend the TNT title, this is not what I meant mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. But um, I, I feel bad for Taven, and that's exactly what my point was earlier on when we discussed it. It's like you, you put these people on the show, but then you see how their runs start. You lose hope real quick. And maybe maybe he'll have a good showing against Warlow, something like what Brian Cage did recently, where, where I really thought he looked impressive, but we haven't really seen much of that after that. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. I I I, I really wanted Warlow TNT title run to be something that made me care about that title even more than the world title, because it is possible. But they're just killing all the momentum that he have going. And God bless Samoa Joe. I love Samoa Joe. I just, I hate this pair. And it doesn't need to be happening. Right. Yeah, don't need the pairing. And uh, yeah, Matt, Matt Taven's a very talented individual. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think Matt Taven, you know, he, he deserves, you know, again, nothing against Ring of Honor of the past and nothing against Impact currently. But I think Matt Taven's a guy that I don't know what his end result's going to be, but I think he's a guy that deserves to get an opportunity on the television stage that AEW or WWE can provide. But kind of the summary of what we're talking about, I do fear it's a crowded space at AEW right now. Mm-hmm. Um, is he going to get the proper opportunity? Um, right. So we'll see, but I wish him the best because I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of his. And I'm a big fan of Maria as well. I think Maria is mm-hmm. super talented. Uh, Absolutely. I think there's so much to her. Mike, that's... Mike Be- and Mike Bennett too as well. You know, just so. another great talent. Good they're getting paid. Uh, let's see uh, Let's see how mm-hmm. they get used. All right, up next, Sammy Guevara versus Brian Danison. Brian's already fired up. We did see him backstage earlier. Mm-hmm. Him and Wheeler Yuta kind of in each other's faces, a little bit of a mm-hmm. in-house competition amongst each other. So Brian's mm-hmm. already geared up. Up against Sammy Guevara, everybody's favorite Sammy Guevara. Uh, we get a standing shooting star uh, from Guevara, which Brian's able to then counter uh, once Guevara comes out of land into the LaBelle lock. It looks like that's going to be the end, but Guevara mm-hmm. does eventually get to the ropes. We do see a Spanish fly from Guevara on Danison from the top row. Top rope. This is a move that I, I continue every time I see it. I think it's a it's just an, it's an amazing move to see. Mm-hmm. I just hate seeing it, and it, and it result in a two count. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what happened here. Finally, the end is going to come. Uh, Brian's going to deliver those uh, stomps, those yes stomps to the shoulder, neck, and uh, face area, and then he's going to transition it into the triangle choke. So Brian Danielson, who was coming in on this, I believe, on a two-match losing streak, as they noted, Sammy Guevara mm-hmm. coming in on a two-match winning streak. So all that being said, I think this was the right finish. Issa, what say you? Why, why, why was this match booked? What, let me ask you, why was, why was any of these matches booked? What was the storyline behind it? What was the point? This, I get that Tony Khan recently spoke out about not every match needing to have a storyline, but every mm-hmm. match on your show, not having a story, just booking it just to book it. Like, why did this happen? Did I miss an interaction between these two? Or is it because he's part of the JAS? Like, I'm so confused. Great match. Great in ring. Did I care? Absolutely not. Brian 
debuted at All Out in 2021, and I thought, like, I don't know how you go from main event, holy crap, this guy in here, to Mick Carter. You did it to Brian. You did it to freaking Warlord. You're doing it to everybody except for MJF right now. Even Moxley on your show every week, defending against people that I don't even know why those matches are happening. And, and I had that issue with this. Why is this there? So somebody can hit Sammy Guevara harder than Andrade so he can go cry about it backstage. Is that why we booked this? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, look, they did, you know, Tony Khan did talk about that. Um, a lot. Of, I, I did see a lot of online critique that like, yeah, this like this main event tonight with Moxley and Penta. This is random, but I do think we found out why we why that match got uh, booked. But I, I mean, I agree. There is no real story here. It, I, I I will say, Jimmy, to Issa's point, as I'm watching this match, I did part of me did say like, there's an interesting subtext to this match, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the backstage drama has been very you know online heavy right now uh, of what's been going on. Obviously, Sammy Guevara has been heavily involved in mm-hmm. some backstage drama. This kind of feels like you have backstage heat magnet and young Sammy Guevara up against one of the established veterans locker room leaders who's been to the top of the mountain. So this did kind of have like a subtext of here we are putting on TV what, you know, kind of this dynamic is behind the scenes of how, you know, we're hearing about guys like Moxley, Mm -hmm. Brian, um, Jericho Mm -hmm. needing to kind of grab some of the young kids and say, all right, let's show you the right way here. Yeah, no, I I get that point, but uh, you know, there's at times there's a, it, okay, it's okay to give a little peek behind the curtain, behind that fourth wall, so to speak. But also uh, sometimes it, there isn't a right time to utilize certain situations backstage. Yes, we know that there may be some tensions going on, and especially with Sammy Guevara, like you said. But at the same time, uh, it, you know, does it need to be presented on TV? Will it draw money? It'll it'll pop the the, the hardcore you know, audience who reads about this kind of stuff, but other people are going to sit there going, hmm, I, I just don't get it. I, why are they mad? Uh, don't get me wrong. I liked seeing the fire from Daniel, Brian Danielson tonight. You know, that, that was some good fire from him and they had a good match, but at the same time, like I said, if I was someone tuning in, I want, I'd want to know why these two are fighting each other. And yeah. the, other than, Hey, I read online that there's this issue going on. The momentum of Brian has been killed and and i'm not backing off of that until you build it back up i remember going to the first grand slam that match of him and omega the energy in that building the energy when he debuted it it just doesn't feel that way when he comes out right now and and it's not too late don't get me wrong but this match was just there it didn't build and there was no storyline behind it and it didn't build a story going forward you have a pay-per-view in three weeks that you had three months to build and you're just booking random matches and not making any matches for your mm-hmm. pay-per-view. You're going to wait until the rampage the night before to announce 10 matches. That's just how this always goes. It needs to mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. I put some blame on the booking distraction being on, oh, i got to get X amount of minutes to this ROH brand that I've now acquired. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's fair. You know, one what, of these guys are on ROH. But I'm saying, like, I, I, I booked yeah, the bigger yeah. I booked the bigger issue. I, you know, I, I do think there's been, like, oh, we got to get X amount of minutes to Ring of Honor. And so... I will say that I'm looking through, you know, obviously drawing money is the whole thing. Obviously, Chris Jarrett, I'm, I'm going through I'm going through the card of tonight. I'm just going through every name I wrote down. Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho, yes, always will draw money. That's an automatic. Mm-hmm. Chris yeah. Jericho draws money. Um, I, I think Claudio could draw money if you put some context and positioning into him. Maybe they started that tonight. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think FTR can draw money. I, 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 I know the acclaim right now can draw mm-hmm. money. Right. Um. MJF automatically, yeah, probably the biggest one right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Sammy Guevara, Brian Dennis. I mean, 
to the east's point brian has very much been cooled down from mm-hmm. when it looked like oh my god here what what an acquisition a year ago um you know, i'll go i'll get ahead of myself here you know you know ria jamie hater no mm-hmm. um brit once upon a time again if positioned with mm-hmm. the right story and opponent but yeah to be determined mm-hmm. darby i think darby's mm-hmm. one of those ones that he sees all these wwe guys coming in i don't think that's a happy sight for a guy who was looking mm-hmm. like he was one of the homegrown stars right uh moxley yes penta i put in the claudia situation i think if you give context and, and actually give her i think if you do the right production all of penta somebody you know um there's there's there are some guys and girls but it is you know there are a lot of also missteps of where it's just like what are you doing with them? yeah yeah so basically they can all draw money if you build a good storyline behind them but none of these have storylines tonight no no it, it seems to be again the concentration seems to be on what moves can they perform as opposed to getting the people over, not the move over? All right, so goes, this goes to the next match here. Other than the one guy who says he's a casual Riho uh, supporter or fan, whatever the hell a sign said, Jamie Hader's got a ton of buzz. We talked about this. We, we talked about this on previous weeks. Like she's just got this kind of organic buzz. Issa told me to go look at her Instagram. I looked at her Instagram. Very nice. It's fun to watch in the ring. Jamie Hader, cool, good, thumbs up. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I I I I know forever. I know nobody can ever take it away. Yes, Riho was your first ever AEW Women's Champion. Don't know why, but she's your first ever AEW Women's Champion. Can't change history. Again, all the women you have to choose from. Why? Why? I, I just I feel like the. Are crowd you not had- gonna mention how commentary says it's a grudge match? I'm like, she came back a week ago. How they built a grudge in a week and we didn't even see it happen? Like, how is this a grudge match? Yeah. Like, this and- girl hasn't been seen for like five years. I, it was weird. Yeah, I, you know, and I'm, and I'm, and I just look. I'm googling Riho. It's like apparently, I mean, she's only like, she's super. I mean, it's like 25 years old. She started wrestling when mm-hmm. she was like nine years old. It's all crazy. What great, <laughs> awesome. But like, the crowd. I don't feel other than the one guy with the one sign. I don't feel like there's much connection to Riho or or her 99 pounds putting any all. Like honestly, I cringe because half the time when haters doing things, I'm like, oh my god, she's gonna snap her neck because because the size difference is so mm-hmm. is so great. Um, right. Hater gets the win with the ripcord clothesline, as she should. But this mm-hmm. was one I'm fine with the win. And both ladies worked their butts off. I'm not discounting mm-hmm. that Riho didn't work. She tried. She worked. She hustled. Yes. But I don't understand what the point of the match is or why, of all opponents, for Jamie Hater to continue her momentum, we're going to pick Riho. Yeah. And again, it, in, the, in the positioning of this match, just made it feel like we need to put a women's match out there. This is going on right before the main event so we could fill some time. That's how it felt to me. And don't get me wrong. Like you said, the women worked really hard. They, they worked. They really yeah, did. they really did. You know, and and it, it was a pretty good match. But again, tell me why this match is happening. Yeah. As opposed to just, hey, it's we're a having a match. Jamie Hader, it should not take this long for Jamie Hader to beat Rhea. I, I, again, no, I know but Rio... they have to go all the way to 9.30 so they could be on the right time spot. It mm-hmm. ended literally at 9.30. <laughs> yeah. I, again, I know Riho forever can hang her hat that she is the first ever AEW Women's Champion, but I just mm-hmm. that was three years ago and she's not consistently seen on Dynamite. I don't care about Rampage, uh, Elevation, Dark, uh, Light, mm-hmm. uh downward upward whatever other show they have okay i care about dynamite that's their a show mm-hmm. um and she hasn't been on winning on dynamite so yeah. don't get it i know people keep saying well the you know the internet shows are going to be the wave of the future but right now tv is where the money is nobody's paying nobody's paying hundreds of millions for 
dark or elevation. I'm sorry. Right. They're not even paying it for Rampage. Yes. Rampage is, it gets, might get to come along for the ride, mm-hmm. but they're not, nobody's paying any substantial <laughs> money for any of the hosts. They're yeah. paying for Dynamite. That's the two hours that matters. Exactly, Mundo. Yeah, AW Dark has like a hundred, like one hundred fifty-three thousand views or something like that. That's what it averages on YouTube. I, yeah, I, I, look, yeah, yeah. Warner Warner Brothers would probably pay more money to have Isis only fans than they would to have <laughs> Elevation or Dark. I, I, you know, there you go. Cheap, <laughs> cheap plug for for it. It's a great OnlyFans. Yeah, awesome. All right, we get a Darby <laughs> Allen taped promo. Uh, he's talking about how, how we haven't seen Sting in a while. Sting left to get milk and he never came back. Yeah. <laughs> Dad told us he was going oh. to the store on Christmas Eve and he never came home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my oh, my goodness. That's the story of Good Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, so Darby ends up uh, telling us that Sting's gone away. And he, he he told Sting, he's like, I just want to crawl into a hole and just be done. And Sting said, no, no, you can't do that. You're the one that got me to come out of retirement. And then Darby said, well, then if that's the case, then I need to prove everybody by myself without you if I'm worth a damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we are going to get Darby uh, versus Jay Lethal next week. There's this record. Is that maybe this Friday? No, it's next week. It's next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is like the story that Jay's got somebody that knows more about Darby's mysterious past or whatever i'm actually okay with that i like i like a little backstory I mean, darby's a mystery and i like getting darby back on dynamite because again darby's one of those ones who was a homegrown aew over like rover baby face mm-hmm. that it really has i feel like has suffered with the uh influx of uh, former WWE talent that's come in mm-hmm. uh jimmy what did you make of this promo and 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 and, and, and some backstory potentially uh, coming in here of aew or of Dino, of, of darby's past prior to yeah. AEW? I was okay with it because, again, they're telling a story. They're giving us a little bit of insight into him, the character, as opposed to, you know, just going out there and doing. Let's hear about him. Let's let's find out a little bit more about him as opposed to going out there and doing a coffin drop or whatever. The, you know, uh, or as I like to say, a twisting, burning 450 hammer phoenix splash. Yeah, I like yeah. I like Darby. Darby's in, and, and yeah. I like the fact that he does his own kind of videos and promos. I, I mm-hmm. like his style. I've always said I fear for the kid. I, I worry that I, I wonder. I don't know where his cap of his career is because uh, in terms of like physically being able to do things because he is just such a daredevil. But mm-hmm. I, I have fun watching it. I gotta I gotta give it that. Issa, what'd you make of Darby's uh, promo here? I was happy about this just because I really popped for their spot and Dynamite when. Uh... Jay Lethal put him in the figure four, lowering the garage door. Like, this actually had a story going into it. And now you build that backstage segment. You have this um, promo from Darby telling you why he needs to prove it that by himself without Sting. And now you do the match next week. Storytelling. I'm into it. I'm actually looking forward to this match. Just, you know, the little things. Absolutely. I am looking forward to it. I hope hope Sting comes back with the milk at some point. (laughs) (laughs) I hope he comes back with, with more than just the milk. Right. All right. Main event time. Uh, John Moxley, your world champion. Uh, he's going to be the opponent for MJF if he can make it to November 19th. I do appreciate the fact they kind of always reiterate that uh, uh, that, that, that MJF's going to face the champion, whoever that might be, come November 19th. Probably Moxley, but I like that they at least still give the suspension uh, of disbelief. Up against Penta, Alzira, Mira, um 
this again i love penta you know i like his entrance i like his ring gear uh these two guys getting at it uh moxley delivers a ddt on the steps look pretty painful yeah. finally though the finish is going to be a paradigm shift into a death rider or followed by death rider rather by moxley he's going to get the very predictable win i don't think we need, really need to analyze much of the match let's get to the uh real meat of this whole thing and just what happens after the match mm-hmm. the firm with stokely hathaway uh w morrissey the gun boys they all uh you know uh ethan page they all come out they attack moxley we see backstage that the blackpool combat club's locker room has been chained up and locked from the outside so they can't come make the save mox is on an island of his own mjf is pacing at the top of the stage he looks conflicted he goes backstage and then he comes running out and he tries to make the save uh, pushing the guys off of them, fire Stokely Hathaway, and then the firm proceeds to attack and beat the hell out of MJF, uh, ending with putting with having Morrissey choke slamming MJF through a table. Jimmy, mm-hmm. what'd you think? Uh, I found it very interesting that they would go that far into making him feel like he's a complete babyface now before the match against Moxley. I think it should have been, I think it was rushed a little bit. It, it shouldn't have happened just yet. You know what I mean? Especially the putting him through the table. Have him come out and push everybody off and have a little dissension back and forth. And and maybe you have a little stare down. Uh, uh, oh, I, again, I thought just a little bit, felt a little bit rushed to me. And if I can just quickly for, for the match itself, you know, you have the match against Penta. What was this, the reason why Penta got this match? Earlier in the night, we had a match to determine the number one contenders to the tag team championships. How come we didn't get a match like that to determine who faces? Was there an open challenge issue that I didn't hear about? I don't. Well, know. and, and the, the, this match was heavily criticized of that going. And even Dave Meltzer brought it up, which you know kind of got people's attention uh, of why this is happening. I mean, I guess Issa, we can say. Tony Khan wanted to get Moxley out there in a match. That way, we could have a match that he wins, and then he gets attacked. So we could have this whole. Post match stuff uh, play out. Um, well, then have Moxley call these people out that he wants to wrestle and defend the title, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you uh, make a lot more sense? Well, well, what did you make of first off? Uh, uh, obviously, the the firm attacking them. I mean, I think we can all agree they needed to get MJF and the firm disattached from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the, it feels yeah. like their only purpose was to help him win the battle royal. <laughs> Right. So after so, that, the firm has not felt very important. Right. So, so I, I mean, Isa. So, what? I mean, if, if you're if you're these, I mean, obviously, like if you're the firm now, are you worried about like, okay, what's our purpose now? Is our purpose switched? Now is our purpose to like, are we are we now destined and determined to make sure MJF doesn't become champion out of spite, out of revenge? I, I'm not sure because I'm I don't I don't buy this as an MJF face turn. I feel like they're pushing it so hard, and maybe I'm being worked here that that we're going to get swerved yet again. He was so all over the top in that promo. Like, it was, I don't know, my brain is just, like, overthinking this too much. The match itself was very good. I, w- I will say that. It was a fun match. I just wish you would have Moxley come out there and say he wants to be a fighting champion and he wants to defend it every week and mention names that he wants to go against. It would just make these matches make sense, right? Like Jericho saying, I, I want to go against every former ROA champ. So you, when you book him in these random matches, they make sense, but Moxley's just being announced two days before without reason, and right. it makes him feel so common to just see him wrestle every week without you know any reason, right? I'll move on from that. He didn't bleed, by the way, so that right. goes to tell you how much you Good. care about this. So, 
<laughs> so at the end, yeah, I, I feel like this whole thing was rushed. I don't know where you go with the firm from here. I would assume that maybe when MJF reached out to them storyline-wise, maybe it was the goal was to win the title, but now MJF is wanting to win the title in a different kind of way, and the firm doesn't agree with that because they lose their purpose. I'm not sure. Am I curious? Yes. Do I think that was a face turn for MJF tonight? Absolutely not. Uh, firstly, you don't need the, you don't need the firm. You just need W. Morrissey. He's the star. That's all you need. Exactly. But but uh, this does it feel not feel like we're going to get before the pay per view match between Mox and MJF them tagging against the firm in some yeah. sort of match leading up to it. And if there the, is versus, going to them, be them versus the Gun Boys. Yes. And then if you do get that swerve, yeah. you know that's where it happens. You know or you know. Whatever, however it works out, where he reaches out for the tag, and all of a sudden nothing happens, and uh, haha, big double fingers, and there's the attack or whatever. I don't know. So Monkey said in the chat, he said Mock said he wanted an opponent with zero fear, and Penta answered. Of course, that's part of Penta's uh, name. He said, "Do you guys not listen, Monkey?" Even so, okay, that's that's fine, and that did happen. So you're right. That is a, but I think the point we're saying is that, like like Jimmy said earlier, you have matches for number one contenders, like. Don't have the world title be on the line. You have these matches. You know, so, okay, so Penta answered. He just gets to have a. You know, that's that's the yeah. that's the the disconnect here of of, yeah. of first one first one to ring the doorbell gets the shot. You right. know what the I mean? show went off the air last week with the horrible injury to Hangman Page and Moxley mm -hmm. calling out MJF. That's mm -hmm. how we left last week, and mm -hmm. we rejoined this week with Moxley going against Penta. Make mm -hmm. it make sense, right? I will give this compliment though. I'll give it because I've been critical in the past when it's been not this, and I want to get so I want to be fair and give this compliment to mm -hmm. um, to AEW, to Tony Khan, and to the uh, QT Marshall, everybody running the show. They at least timed this out nicely. Mm -hmm. They they had the uh, match between Moxley and Penta end uh, ahead of the time I thought, but they mm -hmm. had it end, but it was still like four minutes to go, right? Mm -hmm. And so it. And this and, and what they wanted to do tonight, whether you, you whether you are with Jimmy and you disagree of those of, of, of how much they did tonight or whatever, so they had the mission of okay, we're gonna have mock or we're gonna have Moxie get beat up, we're gonna have MJF be very conflicted, and then eventually decide to come out and do the right thing and at least call off the dogs. Mm -hmm. You can't rush that. If you rush it, it's even worse. You have to give enough time to show that the Blackpool Combat Club's not coming out because their door's barricaded, because that's a, that's, that's a logical thing. Why the hell would they not be coming out? So you have to show that piece. You have to then show, let MJF have some time to be conflicted, let the fans be pulling forward, let them go. Like, so I, I, I'm, I will say, and then, of course, they gave plenty of time to beat MJF up, get him to the outside, chokeslam. So I will say, timing-wise, they had this one down really well. So kudos to the people running the show or kudos to the guys and girls for hitting their times that they were signed that the timing wise everything at least came off properly mm -hmm. they didn't have to rush so i've been you know jimmy you have as well i've been i've been critical about they they rush and they they screw their finishes up in the ending because they're mm -hmm. racing up against the the top of the hour but they at least gave themselves time for this one to uh try to be executed the way they saw it on paper so i'll give it a right. Yeah, I'll give it that. But again, you, you did we need to go as far as they did? Uh, in my opinion, no. They get. I think they went a little too far. You could have gone off the air with the beatdown of Moxley and just MJF conflicted. 
on the yeah. stage, not knowing whether he should go. You know what I mean? And that's what that I question out there. That's what I thought. So when I saw MJF on the stage pacing and then go to the back, I thought, okay, that's how we're going to do this one. And then next week, Moxie's going to somehow find himself in another predicament, and MJF's going to be. We were going to keep building to the until he finally breaks through. And so I will. That's what I thought they were going to do. But you know, obviously, they're maybe they're timing out their weeks up till November nineteenth, and they got a different idea of how they're going to. We'll see. We will see. Uh, <laughs> SS says, Issa, I'm joining your OnlyFans again. Again? Oh, nice. Why'd you stop? Yeah. Why'd you stop? Listen, uh, sometimes time gets rough. It's okay. I do I do <laughs> promotions for new and returning subscribers. There you go. Tis the season. Holidays are right there, there around go. the corner. Great stocking stuff for gift. All right. That's going to do it here tonight for AEW. Wait, wait, wait. I want to I wanna just mention what Paul said in the chat because we didn't talk about it. That elite video package where they just oh, like, yes, they yes. kind of snap the elite. What do you guys think about that? I guess, I guess we're going to see the elite back in action sooner rather than later. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm okay. Um I'll be curious. It's kind of like you're hitting a reset button, right? I mean, I'll be curious Mm -hmm. who's heel, who's face, who's booked to do what. (laughs) How 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 do the how do the fans react? Mm. You know? But do we call that all wrestling now? Because they they erased the E. So now it's just all wrestling. It's no longer all elite wrestling. A blank W. I prefer hey EW. Um, why, why don't they call it ASE all sports entertainment? Or at least Jericho uh, call it that. <laughs> uh Jacobs says great show, guys. Jimmy Corderas rules. Oh, thank you. Thank Choo you so Choo much. says Issa. Wow. Hmm. Uh, uh Brandy says Eddie in his interview. Yeah, we had Renee interview Eddie real quick, and Eddie's just uh he's kind of going off a little of the deep end here. Uh, yeah. The one thing I did like about that interview is nobody came in and interrupted and and, and created chaos because every it seems like every backstage interview, or, yeah, you know, they start the interview. It looks like a, a, we're going to get a nice little promo segment, then somebody has to come in and interrupt. And anyways, yeah. Uh, Aaron says, Jeff, I was happy that the team formerly named the Redskins beat the Packers. Yeah, big win for the Commanders, Taylor mm-hmm. Heineke. <laughs> so uh big stuff there uh any other uh ricky great podcast thank you thank ricky you, uh i think he's also talking about aw's bad show bad <laughs> <laughs> dynamite good podcast well you, we you know what uh, one of the tall tale signs is the the crowd the crowd was not as uh invigorated as they usually are on wednesday nights they were a little more subdued tonight and i think uh that was telling or the loudest for the acclaim i think that's when mm-hmm. the crowd really let themselves be heard outside of that it was just quiet have they really gone and they're obviously they go to chicago every other week and they go tour. to north Florida, this is not their first time there well, I know they've been in through Virginia and all because I know because that's that's uh, Hangman Page's territory. So I know that he. Mm-hmm. But, uh, do they do they ever go? I know they had the they had the big show in L.A. Uh, or, they're going back to L.A. in January. They did announce that. Yeah, I know they're going to Portland um, later. It's it, it, the same city as Lavar, You know that. That's what I mean. They, they don't. It doesn't feel like they don't. I don't feel like they go past of. They don't feel like they go past uh, west of Texas too often. That's why that Toronto show felt so refreshing. The crowd was so into it. It was their first time seeing an Mm -hmm. AEW live show. They need to to expand their territories and go to new cities. Baltimore next week, as Bernie reminds me. Baltimore, go get your crab cakes. Get your... Yes. Everybody, everybody, you know, obviously, I, I was I was born and grown up in Maryland. 
Uh, you know, crab cakes are great. I make a mean crab cake. If you ever, if you're ever a guest in Casa de la Bar's house, if I get some good crab meat, I'll make you good crab cakes. Uh, I, I, that's my gift to my wife. That's what she requests on on the special holidays. How you doing? Uh, I but besides the crab cakes, cream of crab soup. If you've never had cream of crab soup, you're missing out. Cream of crab soup. Put some old oh. bay on it. Go to go to Jimmy Seafood in Baltimore. They'll uh, writing they'll, that down. They'll writing do that it right. Down. There you go. The do right. Jimmy Seafood cream of crab. Yes. I can do the I can do the crab cakes for you. All right. That's going to be that for this. Issa, give me some plugs. You guys can find me at NYC Demon Diva in all social media, especially YouTube. Go subscribe to my YouTube. To the YouTube. Jimmy Corderas. Yep. Uh, obviously, you can find me here with Issa and Justin on Wednesday nights and then uh, Triple J on Monday nights talking uh, Raw and the latest news and weekdays from Monday to Friday on all my social media platforms where you get to hear my riff and rants. And you can get your, my, your riff and rant t-shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com as well. There you go. I love the reference. I, I, Jimmy, I watch your reference when I, with you holding your cup of coffee. I'm holding my <laughs> cup of coffee. It's like nice. It's yeah. sixty. It's sixty seconds of bonding. Yeah, right it, it, that's the thing. It's it's only sixty seconds. It's only a minute long. Only a minute. That's all you need. Only a minute. Reference. Uh, check both of them out. Uh, at Justin Labar. Uh, follow me all across the socials. Do the thing. Uh, again, like, subscribe, comment on the podcast, tweet me. Now, later, whenever you're hearing this, tell me where are you in the world listening to this podcast? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe as I've done in the past, I'll share some of them on next week's podcast. Big thanks to everybody in the chat room. Appreciate it. Thanks to my wonderful co-host Jimmy and Issa. I'll be on uh, Bust Open Friday morning talking who knows what with LaGreca uh, on Channel Sparring 56. With Sparring with Labar. That is right. Uh, after that, I'll see you guys again on Monday on the Halloween edition of our post-Raw podcast with Jimmy and Jack. Good night. Be good.